Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we are speaking with Laura Palker. Hey, Laura, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? So happy to be here today and happy new year. Happy new year. It's great to have you on the show. Laura is really right at the center of all trade show and events that are happening. She is the CEO of the Trade Show Solutions Center, uh, which is a leading provider of comprehensive exhibit planning, design, production, and marketing services for small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, She's also the founder of a very important alliance for the National Trade Show Alliance that's looking after individuals and companies uh, that are uh, working in the trade show industry, an industry that has gone through quite a bit of change uh, over the last couple of years. And we'll talk a bit about that in a second. But before we get there, Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. So I I stumbled into this uh, industry quite by mistake. Uh, Remember when the AT&T divestiture took place? Oh, yeah. A long time ago. uh, And one of the members of an organization I ran, which was uh, a networking organization way back before that was an everyday word. Um, And we we followed the format of John Nesbitt's book, Megatrends, and created a a mastermind group. And one of the owners of an exhibit company that handled AT&T was a member and started discussing how this divestiture was going to take $6 million worth of business from that company overnight. Oh, wow. Because as the uh, AT&T broke up into the baby bells, um, that meant that that the exhibit company was no longer handling AT&T. So they asked me if I would come in to do a reorganization and to uh, work with them to help the company survive. And from A to Z, everything from the physical reorganization of office space, filing functions, process to uh, learning and understanding uh, from artisans who had actually built and were involved with the World's Fair in New York, in uh, Queens, New York, uh, learned this industry from these artisans, understood how to take something from design. And remember, there wasn't all of these uh, technological advancements that we see today. These were designs that were done by hand renderings of artists um, and then estimated and built one of a kind uh, cabinetry (laughs) uh, for for the Fortune 1000, the Fortune 500. This was not a space for a small company in those days. Um, I remember uh, General Electric spent you know, uh, four days just moving the furniture to the second story of their double-decker exhibit. And Norelco, you know, had, a, again, a double-decker. And, and you know, I think Nike at one point spent $40 million on their exhibit to oh be in God. a show uh, to 
to break through in this market space. So we really, um, we really worked hard at being efficient, being effective, being lean, mean, uh, embracing portable modular displays that came into the marketplace. Um, expanded and, and, and brought in uh, other employees and, and created a culture of, of respect and uh, moved the company forward. And in just two years, uh, they were back in a profitable, uh, a par- profitable place. But the thing that, that forever changed my life is I never left the industry. Um, it was really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, being able to take something from nothing and then to build detailed drawings and then to construct it and watch it unfold and then debut on the trade show floor was just a miracle. It was magic. You know, listen to you talk about it. And it's something that really has just, just occurred to me as you were outlining it, but how the events industry really broadened and opened up to medium-sized businesses, small businesses in a way that just wasn't possible in the, in the early years. And it sounds to me that that's been an area that Trade So Solutions Center has played a key role in, in building out for folks. So tell me a little bit about what you guys have done over the last 20 years and where you're moving. So the last 20 years has really been Uh, such an extraordinary journey for me because, and the people that work with us, because, you know, you need to be a master puzzle maker. You have to be an extraordinary solution provider. And, uh, and you get to learn about everything that is coming down the R&D pipeline. So people have said to me, well, what is your focus been? It was in the early days, uh, you know, the, jewelry industry, the toy business. I, I had the good fortune of working with uh, Sojo Dell who licensed the Rubik's Cube and wow. the vignettes and FAO Schwartz and working with Damiani Diamonds in uh, Italy and you know Mastelloni Pearls and uh, RG Gold in New York City as we began to um, build our tenure in this industry, PC Expo, when Microsoft, you know, shared a pavilion with their vendors uh, to get bigger floor space. And then moving on, you know, as as things began to evolve and the economy began to move uh, into uh, pharmaceuticals and then also uh, expanding into the dot-com industry and creating experiences that would help companies do literally just three things, build their brand, generate leads and convert sales. And and that really is uh, this whole big ecosystem uh, focusing on those three things. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, we get to today with technology and with virtual events and and we're doing work uh, in call centers and being able to do work with uh, the uh, Long Island chapter of the Society for Human Resource Management, uh, being able to uh, work with our international companies uh, here in the United States, and then uh, falling in love with such great passion for this this industry and for 
the economy and for growth and for you know watching companies grow. One of our one of our long-term clients that we had for over 18 years just before the pandemic hit sold one product line for over 75 million. Wow. And this was a company, a family-owned company that you know, that started with five people in uh, in a little rented office and became a major employer uh, and, and a leader in their industry through an effective trade show program. So that is, um, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's a year <laughs> of planning. Um, yeah. You know, it's all encompassing, but done right. It is the fast track. Well, I generally would say that, you know, the people that work in the event space are incredibly brave and unflappable people <laughs> because, you, you know, um, I don't think I've ever participated in an event organization where something hasn't gone wrong, you know, <laughs> so, or, or something hasn't kind of happened the way you thought it was going to work out. Right. And so uh, you really... <laughs> you have to be one of these people that has cold water in your veins. You just don't, you know, don't get upset about changes because you just have to like move on. Right. It's really about team building. It's really yeah. about, you know, having this massive team that works far more efficiently than an Olympic, you know, baton run. Uh, we are, we, we are experts, we are subject matter, um, you know, focused, we, we don't, we have, are tenacious beyond compare because the show must go on and we never give up. Yeah. You know, uh, I rem my daughter is also in the business and uh, again at the bench, probably starting at eight years old um and continuing with formal education and graphic design and advertising and you know her i remember being on the show floor and for those of us in the industry will know the impact of what i'm saying but the job shipped from california to atlanta and arrived in atlanta with no base plates Oof. well when you set up an exhibit the base plates are the only thing that keeps it up. <laughs> and I went to the show contractor and the show contractor basically said, you're on your own kid. <laughs> and uh, we had to think. And so what did we do? Well, you know, the pipe and drape that's on the show floor, they have base plates. And so we duct taped them and bubble wrapped them up, stripped out all the guts of the columns, put them in there and decorated the base plates. Oh my God. Up. Uh, and at about three o'clock in the morning, I turned around and I hear my daughter saying, you're awake. We have <laughs> to get this done. And she was talking to herself and that's the kind of, of commitment to the customer oh. that comes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Laura, it seems like you've seen everything and also are connected with just the industry, the trade show industry broadly. And during really the heart of the pandemic, uh, you founded the National Trade Show Alliance. Tell me, tell me where that fits in and what you guys are up to there. You know, we're a family. Uh, this industry 
no one is more important than the other. I mean, the person who cleans the floor is just as important as the person that designs the booth and just as important as the person who markets the show and just as important as the union labor who is skilled and comes and helps, you know, plug in the light or assemble, assemble the booth. And it's a team and, you know, not one of us can do our jobs successfully without the other. So, you know, I started calling, you know, because it was a little strange because the shows just closed and then it was a domino effect. And first of all, that just never happened in history. Right. And then it was, you know, I found emails. Oh, just give me a couple of weeks. We'll figure this out and I'll let you know what's going on. Well, a couple of weeks turned to three months. And then we said, well, we'll wait another three months. And it finally got to nine months and we knew we were in trouble. And it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And so I started making phone calls all across the country to people that I knew in the industry. And, you know, what's going on? How are you doing? How are you making out? Because we're out of work. Yeah. I mean, we can't do takeout. We're out of work and nobody knows about us. It was, it was in August, uh, actually, excuse me, in June, when I started hearing about the suicides. And I said, this is it. I know how to fundraise. I know how to I know how to turn things around. I know how to lobby. I know how to advocate. I have resources and I can't sit on my hands any longer. And I reached out to several other uh, colleagues in the industry who were out there just, you know, putting their head down and pushing forward and, you know, giving words of inspiration to our people. And you know, Chris Griffin from EDPA, Mark Yuska from Alliance Exposition, uh, who did the Together Again Expo in July of, le- of um, the 2020. Uh, Kevin Carty, who is just, you know, daily uh, supporting the people in our industry. And I said, listen, we've got to do something on workforce development. The average age of the worker in our industry is 53 to 58 years old with 20 mm. to 30 years experience. This is bigger than just the pandemic because we'll get through this, but we'll get through this just in time for us to have a mass resignation because our people are going to retire. Yeah. And um, so they, they came on board. We put together a board of directors. We worked every single week creating a foundation. We've, uh, we've highlighted the work that, that our industry associations and our unions have done in, in speaking out to elected officials. Um, Congressman Tom Swazi gave us a letter of support to go to the Department of Labor to access some workforce development funding. Uh, the Sammy Chu from the Workforce Development Board here uh, in Suffolk County wrote us a letter of support to go and do the work to get this funding to not only help our dislocated workers, 
but to our and our displaced workers. Because think about this. Remember when the military came home and they were having problems getting jobs because nobody knew how to transfer their skills? Yeah. These highly trained masters now were faced with where's your college degree? <laughs> Same thing was happening in our industry. Nobody understood our industry or the work or the skills or the mastery or the commitment or the work ethic. And they didn't know how to, the human resource departments didn't know how to transfer the skills. So they were being passed over. And that leads to, you know, to, to, you know, thinking about what have you done with my, what have I done with my life? Yeah. Well, I had to do it. And I, I love that you've done this. And, and certainly I remain optimistic that the trade show world will, will come back in a big, big way, primarily because as virtual and as digital as I am in many of the things that I believe in, there's nothing quite like seeing, touching, feeling, and, and talking to people face to face. So um, I, 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 I miss you know, the fact that I was, a, I was, I mentioned to you earlier, I was going to head out to the Consumer Electronics Show this month or this week yes. and, and all of my meetings got canceled. It just was devastating to, to see that. So, you know, Las Vegas is, is, is happening. Um, the restaurants are open from uh, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. So it's really advisable if you're going for business to make sure you book your dinner reservations because unless you're booked two weeks in advance, um, you're probably going to eat at McDonald's. Um, but the but the end of the day is that Vegas is open. It's operating. Um, there are people on the streets. I've been there um, actually in December uh, twice for shows. Mm -hmm. um, and it's exciting because a lot of the big people are not on the show floor because of cor corporate travel bans, but it's creating tremendous opportunities for the smaller companies because they're more nimble and they're, they're more, uh, they're able to move about uh, a little bit more with more flexibility, yeah. and not get on those show floors and anybody who's flying to a show right now, it's a buyer. It's yeah. not a tire kicker. It's a decision maker. It's a titled C-suite person who is there on the show floor doing the work. And uh, the last show, Customer Contact Week, my client was there. I was so excited that they, they exhibited. Their customers were there. And the thing that I was hearing over and over again is, we're a customer, but we're only using 10% of the product. We need to sit down and talk about expanding our, uh, our usage of the tools. And um, it was definitely uh, the first day in a 10 by 20 booth, they had 40 good solid leads. Great. Uh, and the second day, all three demo stations were on all day long. So, um, now that's great. Well, that bodes well for the very, very, the, I'd say for the present and the very near future, which is excellent. But, but Laura, you know, I, you've been talking a lot about kind of how everything's evolved. And, and it sounds to me like you are someone that has all the lessons learned from making it so. 
and uh, you have a book coming out. So tell me a little bit about what someone could find in this book. So uh, I looked at my resources, you know, being in business for so long and the people that I've met and really strongly believing in relationship building. Um, first and foremost, you know, my husband is the former global chair of the Institute of Management Accountants, mm -hmm. um, a tremendous resource. Uh, I, I have to let my, limit myself to one question a day. <laughs> because, uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'll have his ear uh, eight hours. But uh, just uh, 13 of the, the most extraordinary people with over 30 years experience in all aspects of business, turnaround management, balanced, uh, balanced score, record keeping, um, PR, marketing, brand development, communications, relationship buildings in terms of networking and, and how to be able to uh, master that in these changing times, um, all coming together uh, building culture. One of our authors is uh, has through uh, through data mining been able to create a system of peer to peer culture development, and it is so timely because of so many people working remote right now. Mm -hmm. It transcends that that coffee, uh, you know, cooler mentality in the in the office, and it really ex exponentially creates this culture of trust. Um, author of The Trust Factor, uh, joining in on uh, this collaboration. And the book is How to Predict the Future. How to Predict the Future. You create it. You create and it. here is all of the tools and actual uh, work um, worksheets and guidance and direction on how to create it. Um, so for those that may have gotten overwhelmed, for those who might be immobilized by, by this catastrophic uh, occurrence, it can help them to find calm so that they can create the space to innovate, to reinvent, to pivot, and to have it, to do it with some confidence. I love it. Uh, well, talking about the future, let's talk about 2022. Uh, what do you think is on the horizon this year in the uh, trade show space? So it's a combination of hybrid, of virtual. Uh, the National Trade Show Alliance will hold its members meeting. Uh, and we've been, we've been uh, accepting members for uh, now uh, seven months. Mm -hmm. We have over 300 members. And we are uh, having a members meeting on the 9th and then uh, doing a virtual conference uh, that will teach people about how to navigate the trade show world. Um, everything from the Carpenters Contractor Trust, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business um, Accelerating Revenue to, uh, to the keynote who is so excitingly interest, he's so interesting, uh, John Cordier from uh, Epistemics. He's analyzed data to look at how, what's the risk and relationship for the pandemic to live events. So mm. ex some extraordinary information wow. from there and then a full, a full track curriculum. But we've got 
right now, we've got a toy fair coming up in New York City. Mm -hmm. We've got, uh, we have got the uh, Connex show coming up. We have got, uh, that's for uh, commercial cleaning. We have uh, Enterprise Connect for customer, mm -hmm. for, uh, for call centers uh, and, and customer experience. And, uh, and the calendar looks like it's really starting to fill up in March, April, uh, May, and June. Uh, APCO for, for securities, um, the security systems, ICS West uh, for, for security is, uh, is in the book. So, so look for, uh, for those live events to be coming strong because you know when you started talking about uh, CES, all I could think about was, you know, where do you do the napkin presentation? <laughs> and yeah. how many businesses were born in the coffee shop and, and, that, and that, that serendipitous meeting that happened in the hallway or why you were sitting outside in the lounge making a, making a call back to the office? Well, it, it's, it's really interesting. I, I think that uh, certainly in, in the world that I, I have focused on, which is primarily the, you know, the marketing and digital marketing world, certain events have become tentpole event, kind of the big moments in the year where uh, ideas are shared or people come together. And I may, maybe at times there might have been the perception that there were too many, but there were certain, certain shows that were absolutely critical. And CES, it was kind of the beginning of the year. It has become such a massive show. I always liked it mostly because it forced the holiday rust to kind of <laughs> fall off and and uh, it was a good time to meet with the leadership of my of my company and kind of refocus everyone on on the year but I'm excited about 2022 to see people again and it's great to talk to you today Laura about what's happening in the trade show space and really quite impressive in all the areas that you have touched over the years. We've been speaking with Laura Palker. She's the CEO of Trade Show Solutions Center. Uh, she's also the founder of a very important alliance, the National Trade Show Alliance, and soon to be an author, which is a very, very exciting achievement. Uh, she has a wealth of knowledge in the trade show space and, and certainly how we can be moving things forward for the future. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Laura. If someone wanted to find you, where should they get in touch? The easiest way is to uh, email me at laura, L-A-U-R-A, at T as in Tom, S as in Sam, solutioncenter.com. Thanks so much for having me today. And I really yeah. appreciate this opportunity. And thank you so much for being on the show, Laura. We'll talk again soon.